Good morning. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Good morning. Oh, okay, everyone's awake. Good to hear. Uh, so welcome on this wonderful Sunday morning, uh, and welcome to our visitors. For those who are visiting or new to St. Peter's, in the pew pocket you'll find a card. It's a visitor's card. If you would be so kind as to take a moment to fill it out and place it plate this morning. It'd be greatly appreciated. I promise the information you provide will not go to any other mail addresses but ours, and only if you request our ENET. But that's right there in the front pew. We'd love to know who's here and be able to um, be in contact with you. At this time, I invite everyone to please stand and let us join in singing hymn 408, Found in the Blue Hymnals. Our service continues on the front page of our booklet. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us say together, 
Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our prayer, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father, Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. I, the teacher, when king over Israel in Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek, to seek and to seek out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that were done under the sun, and see, all is vanity and a chasing after wind. I hated all my toil to which I had toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me. And who knows whether they will be wise or foolish. Yet they will be master of all for which I toil and use my wisdom under the sun. This is also vanity. So I turned and gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun because Sometimes one who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What do mortals get from all their toil and strain with which they toil under the sun? For all their days are full of pain, and their work is a vexation. Even at night their minds do not rest. This also is vanity. The word of the Lord. The psalm will be read in unison. Hear this, all you peoples. Hearken, all you who dwell in the world, you of high degree and low, 
rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and my heart shall meditate on understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb, and set forth my riddle upon the harp. Why should I be afraid in evil days, when the wickedness of those at my heels surround me? the wickedness of those who put their trust in their goods and boast of their great riches. We can never ransom ourselves or deliver to God the price of our life, for the ransom of our life is so great that we should never have enough to pay it in order to live forever and ever and never see the grave. For we see that the wise die also like the dull and stupid, they perish and leave their wealth to those who come after them. Their graves shall be their homes forever, their dwelling places from generation to generation, though they call the lands after their own names. Even though honored, they cannot live forever. They are like the beasts that perish. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on all those who are disobedient. There are, these are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewed, there is no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Gideon, slave and free. But Christ is all and in all. The word of the Lord. Our gospel hymn is hymn 529. We'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel. We'll sing the first, third verse after. So I invite you to please stand and join in us with us in singing 529, found in the blue hymnal. 
the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The writer of Ecclesiastes tells us all of human toil and all that we seek on this earth is but vanity of vanities, because all that we amass through our human toil must be left to the next generation, of whom we have no knowledge of what they will do with it. These words strike hard among many of us here today. They're so contrary to who we are as a culture. During my conference last week, one of the things we talked about in terms of American culture is that we are one that is future-oriented. We focus on preparing for the future and not necessarily living in the day. We live in a culture that has taught us a penny saved is a penny earned. Save for a rainy day. We live in fear of disaster. We look to raise up and increase our savings so that when the time comes, it is there wondering if that day is ever to come. Even as a clergy person, as much as we are about the gifts and storing up treasure in heaven, 
On a regular basis, we are invited to conferences by the church, the CPG, the church insurance group. I'm sorry, the church pension group. And there we are invited to a conference entitled Planning for Tomorrow, in which we learn about our pension plans, 401ks, and all that goes with retirement planning. So part of who we are is being so much like the man whose fields produce abundantly, who built great storehouses in order to store up all that grain so that what he could do was to finally say, I have enough. And now it is time to relax and enjoy life. But as we find at the end of that parable, it was too late. For as God says to him, on this night, your life will be demanded of you. But what does that say to you and me? A people who do store up. A people who are blessed with great resources. Is it a call to give up our 401ks? Is it a call to spend all of our money that we have saved up? Or is there something else going on within that passage? I think the key to understanding the passage is what happens at the very beginning. To whom is Christ speaking? And what is the question before him? What do we hear? There is a man who comes to Jesus and asks him to be arbitrator between he and his brother over the dividing of their inheritance. Now, this is a very unusual question. Because in Jesus' day, how an inheritance was divided was pretty much proscripted. The eldest male got two shares of the father's estate. And then the rest was divided among the other living male heirs. Now, you will notice I did not mention all the siblings. That sisters were not included at this time, for they were not able to hold property or work. So the inheritance of the time was very, very clear. The eldest brother got a double share. So if there were two brothers, the estate would be divided into three, and the eldest brother would get two-thirds, and the younger brother would get one-third. Now, this does sound rather unjust to our modern ears, but there was a bit of justice within this reality. It was also the older brother's responsibility upon the death of his father to take responsibility for his surviving wife, the minor children, as well as any of the women of the household who at that point were unmarried. So with the double portion came great responsibility. And so the question that really is before Jesus, or that Jesus responds back to this young man with is, is it worth it? Think about 
your greed for your inheritance or to get more than is prescribed. Think about the consequences of fighting your brother for more. How many of us know of families or are part of families where upon the death of the final parent, the siblings are finally divided apart. Why? Because they argue over what is left behind. That somehow these objects, these bank accounts, are far more important than the relationship of the family itself. This is where Ecclesiastes comes in. Because all that we toil for on this earth, as my grandmother would like to remind my grandfather, who my uncle would say is, or was, frugal, which I think was just another way of saying he was cheap, Grandma would remind him often when she was not pleased, let's remember, caskets have no pockets. You can't take it with you. It all has to be left behind. But as Jesus reminds us today, what goes with us to the grave and into the next life is not our bank accounts, not our 401ks, not our real estate. But what we have banked in terms of how we have chosen to love on this earth. How we have chosen to be part of those who are here to build up the kingdom of God. In fact, Rob McCoy and Eric McCaster in their podcast, Pulpit Fiction, when commenting on this very passage, made the comment, the issue is not that he stored the grain, but how he understood that resource. Here he has an abundance beyond what he can store. And he simply saw the abundance as a means of taking care of his own self his own pleasure. In no way did he see that abundance as something to be used for the betterment of others. In no way did he consider, shall I share this abundance with those upon whom he depended to harvest that grain? No, the rich fool simply saw that abundance as his very own resource to be used for his pleasure and for his focus. Not in any way to benefit the community or greatly benefit those around him. That is perhaps the greatest sin of the rich old man. That he thought of nothing but his own gathering of wealth. Last night, Maureen and I drove to Old Saybrook to meet up with her brother who was in from Missouri and her nephew and his family who are in from Kentucky. In our evening's conversation, we sat down with uh, Maureen's nephew's wife, Jessica, who is a lawyer in the Lexington area. And we were talking about her practice and the, the fact that she's got a great big case coming up this week that she's going to trial for. 
And in that conversation, she made a statement off the cuff and said, you know, I could work twice as hard. I could work twice as many hours. I could earn twice as much money. But that's not why I work. I work so that I can enjoy my family. I work so I can sustain a way of life that allows me to have wonderful experiences with my husband and son. I work to enjoy life and my family, not to create a larger bank account. As she merely discussed this fact nonchalantly and off the cuff, I thought of but one statement, vanity of vanities. All of our toil is but vanity. Jessica, in her own way, understood the words of Ecclesiastes. She understands the passage in today's gospel without even knowing it. For she works for her family. She provides services for many nonprofit organizations in the area. She uses her resources to value and provide for others. She works in many ways without knowing it for the betterment of the kingdom. Ecclesiastes, the parable of the rich fool, all lead us to one reality. That is, as much as we can amass here on earth is worthless. What is important is what we do on behalf of the kingdom, for that is what survives the grave and stays with us in the next life before us. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I ask your prayers for God's people throughout the world. 
for Michael, our presiding bishop, for Nicholas, our own bishop, for this gathering, and for all ministers and people. Pray for the church. I ask your prayers for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Pray for justice and peace. I ask your prayers for the poor, the sick, the hungry, the oppressed, and those in prison. Pray for those in any need or trouble. I ask your prayers for all who seek God or a deeper knowledge of him. Pray that they may find and be found by him. I ask your prayers for the departed. Pray for those who have died. In our parish cycle of prayer, I ask your prayers for Susan Dvorak, Patricia Devrigan, and Wynne Inglesby and Susan Leach. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, I ask your prayers for the Church of Transfiguration, Cranston, Christ Church, Lincoln, and Christ Church, Westerly. Praise God for those in every generation in whom Christ has been honored, especially Connie and John Savu, whom we remember today. Pray that we may have grace to glorify Christ in our own day. And I ask your prayers for this morning for all who live in fear and in danger. I ask your prayers for seasonable weather. And I ask your prayers for rain. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Oops. <laughs> Please be seated. 
Speaking of vanity of vanities, we forgot to light the candles. So while I'm doing the announcements, we'll get the candles lit for the celebration of the Eucharist. Again, welcome to everyone who is visiting from parts far and wide this Sunday. We're glad to have you. As is the tradition of the Episcopal Church, all people who are baptized, no matter what tradition it's within, are welcome to receive communion at the rail. Uh, Holy, we receive Holy Eucharist at this time. At the rail, we do give a little bit of space between family units just to allow for a little bit, little air at this time. We also have not returned to receiving directly from the cup or sipping. What we do is we receive the host, and if you wish to receive the wine, you simply dip your host in the wine and receive it that way. So we are still a dipping congregation. We have yet to become a sipping congregation once again. So remember, dip, don't sip. And um, that'll keep everyone hopefully happy and healthy if we, as we've done well as a congregation during these last few months um, as we've regathered and stayed safe and healthy. Couple of announcements this morning. First, on Tuesday evening, we will have yet another one of our first Tuesday of the month discussions or conversations. This month's conversation is a reprise of conversations between a rabbi and a priest, and that means that Rabbi Adler will be here Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock to join me in conversation. It should be about an hour conversation with Q&A, and our topic is Finding God in the Midst of Calamity. And we began that conversation a few months ago when we were visiting at the temple in May, and we thought people asked if we could continue the conversation with others um, later this summer. So that's what we're doing on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. It should be a great evening, even though the topic is serious, because anyone who knows Rabbi Adler knows that he comes with a whole cachet of stories, jokes, and whatever's going on in baseball. I, on the other hand, play his straight man. So um, it's, a great, it's a lot of fun. We have a great time together, and oftentimes the conversations are very deep. And we are hoping that many members from Congregation Beth David will also join us for the conversation. So it should be a wonderful evening of um, interfaith conversation and um, fellowship. I understand we had a great concert here on Thursday night with Jody. I unfortunately was off at a conference, but I am not that upset about missing it because a week from Thursday is the second of the Brothers Keepers concerts. That will be with Dennis Acosta and Jody on, Dennis Acosta on guitar, Jody on piano, and it's Music of the Americas. And um, it begins at 7 p.m. Tickets for that event are available on Eventbrite or through our eNet and the tickets are $25 a person, proceeds from which go directly to the community market to help pay for food for our feeding program on Friday evenings. The concerts are always fantastic. It's a great evening of entertainment, and the money goes to a great cause. So I do encourage everyone, if you haven't already, mark your calendar, invite 25 friends each. I would really love for at least one concert to fill the place, and for this concert especially, since um, Dennis is local, he is the owner of the Wakefield Music Shop, or music store, so local artists joining Jody for this concert should be a wonderful evening of piano and acoustical guitar. 
And yes, I am back. As I promised last week, I was away, but I'd be back in time to take attendance this morning. So I am here. Uh, both Bob Mankey and I spent our second week at the Notre Dame Monastery in beautiful Canandaigua, New York. And when I say it's beautiful, it's absolutely gorgeous. Up about 30 feet above the lake, we looked down onto a glacial lake, one of the Finger Lakes in New York. Um, unfortunately, that was about all we got to enjoy of it. We spent five days in plenary sessions and small group sessions. And mostly our work these last two years has been with the um, College of Congregational Development to understand different structures and concepts and how to use them in the congregation to work towards building and growing congregations. Uh, it also included this year a project that both two projects um, Boz was in terms of our strategic plan. Mine was in terms of working with the community market. And at the end of the conference, by the grace of God, both Bob and I graduated and have certificates from the College for Congregational Development. And we hope to use more of the skills and the language we learned here with the vestry and hopefully with many of you as we move forward in our life together and our mission here at St. Peter's. So that's where I was from Sunday right after church until about 10 o'clock Friday night. But I am back, and luckily we had a sermon today. That was miraculous, let's put it that way. So do not judge. John. <laughs> I believe they are. They're worthy of framing. So, uh, or as uh, Paul Frolic says, suitable for framing. They're lovely certificates. So you may see one hanging on my wall. So on that note, um, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God. I think our offertory hymn is 435, so please remain seated and join in singing hymn 435.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross, and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of, your, of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask for your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you, sir. We did it. Nice to see you. Me too.